buckle up and get ready for the journey as we navigate the ongoing relationship between belief and life, theology and doxology, or as we like to say, theodox. Welcome to the Theodox Podcast. Welcome to Theodox Podcast. I am uh, one of your hosts, Joshua Brooks, along with... I'm Gracie Calhoun, and today we have um, a guest with us, T- Tim Clemens. <laughs> He's a worship pastor at Northside Baptist. Um, but Tim, just tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, i um, actually from South Carolina. originally grew up in the Charleston area. Uh, met my wife at college at Charleston Southern, um, and we... Uh, almost immediately went to seminary after we got married, uh, served with the International Mission Board um, for a few years up in Quebec, Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been involved in church plants, church replants, church revitalizations, uh, and established churches. And so uh, really just have a huge heart for, for worship and um, just discipling people in, in what it means to be uh, a worshiper and made in the image of God. Yeah. Nice. If, if there were one invention that you could do away with, what would that be? Phones. Phones. Phone in oh. general or like our cell phone? I, I, I mean, I, I guess. In general, like, so this is going to sound, it's funny. We're on a podcast that you're probably listening to on your phone. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm not, uh, I hate technology. If you love technology, I think technology is a gift from the Lord. It does a lot of great things. Um, so, but just personally, I, it's probably just my ADD. So I, I do away with my it. phone. Do it yeah. with the phone. Out of here. There you go. You're out. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're following up our podcast on theology, um, which is theology and doxology <clears> are the, the word smash. We, we come up with theodox for our podcast. Yeah, so love it. Uh, we, we invited you to come on and let's talk about doxology. And, let's do um, it. So let's get it. Let's talk some yeah. doxology. And doxology may or may not be a common word amongst, mm-hmm. you know, the general public or even amongst believers. Um, so, Tim, what would just be like a short, basic definition <clears throat> that you could give us? Uh, I think when we think in terms of doxology, we can sum it up with a definition that doxology, uh, a doxology is an expression of worship to God. We were talking about this idea of how do we express our worship to the one we are worshiping. So, um, and universally speaking, like you so your definition was specific to God. Mm-hmm. Um, is it safe to generalize that in a way to say that everyone doxologizes yeah. <laughs> in accordance with whatever their God is. Turn it into a verb. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Non-believers, believers alike, we were all created in the image of God. We all have that dignity as an image bearer of God. And that means at our core, we are worshipers. Right. Now, yeah. those of us who are in Christ, uh, you know, have trusted uh, in the work of Christ on the cross, his resurrection for our salvation. And so think of that like, you know, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus are, are putting the uh, pieces of the mirror back together and mending that so that we more clearly reflect God. Yeah. But those still in sin are reflecting a distorted image. Right. I mean, because whether the, they would acknowledge, you know, I worship yeah. myself or I worship my spouse or yeah. I worship my job, my mm-hmm. um money, uh, my yeah. kids, um, whether they would call it worship or not, uh, mm-hmm. that would be what we give our time to, right? Yeah. It would be... Um, We've kind of deemed it 
the highest priority. The highest yeah. priority, That's yes. That's a good way to think yeah. um, Something that we devote ourselves to. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be worshiping, in a sense. Yeah. So whether we would label it worshiping or not, um, mm-hmm. we all doxologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Sammy sounds like a throw Yes, just keep going. <laughs> there um, you go. But, yeah, I, I, we do. And I think it's something that we in the church or even... Uh, you know, in different world religions would be more comfortable with this idea of worship, but those who are mm-hmm. outside of the church or outside of the organi- or, or organizations was well, like, well, I don't really worship anything. Well, you don't really understand what worship is. And, right. and truthfully, many within the church yeah. don't really understand what worship is because right. we have been uh, trained almost to think that worship is what we do on Sunday mornings. Right. And even more acutely, worship is only the songs that we sing together right. <laughs> right. when it's so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great to to show that um, everyone is worshiping, even mm-hmm. even if you don't think you are. Like you said, I mean, yeah. people could say, "I'm not, I don't worship anything." Well, you are. There's something that you are um, ascribing worth to, and that is shown by how you spend your time and your money yeah. and um, what things you sacrifice for. Um, so, like we talked in the previous episode, like we all theologize, so we all have a God. <laughs> yeah. um, we all have a God, whether we would call it or mm-hmm. label it yeah. a God. So this is, you know, kind of that follow-up. We all worship that God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yes. To quote so, the great theologian Bob Dylan, you got to serve somebody. It might be the <laughs> devil, it might be the Lord above, but you're going to have to serve somebody. <laughs> you can always quote that. <laughs> Quote Bob Dylan. So uh, I can't because I don't know a bunch of Bob Dylan. But um, anyway, so we'll just kind of drill this down and we'll slowly yep. get narrower and narrower, I guess. But so universally, we're, we're saying that everyone does worship mm-hmm. their highest priority, whether they would call it God or not. And then getting into the the Christian world. So we are all Bible believing. Man, I just said believing. Believing. Mm-hmm. Believing. South Carolina. <laughs> don't stop believing. Um <laughs> But um, from a from a biblical perspective, um, you know, getting down to that, um, what's the basis for worshiping the God of the Bible? We were made to worship. Where it is who God uh, created yeah. us to be, and and so what we see is that um, the whole Bible is basically a explanation of who God is, what He's done, who we are, and how we are to worship Him. Yeah. How do we, I guess, get to this worship? How do we, um, where does that worship flow from, I guess? Is it just... Like what causes us? What causes us to worship? Yeah, there's a, um, actually... You're going to use your phone, As much as I hate phones. (laughs) I meant to write this down in my notebook before, but I I, I missed it. Uh, So D.A. Carson in uh, the book, Worship by the Book, a uh, book that he edited says, If you wish to deepen the worship of the people of God, above all, deepen their grasp of his ineffable majesty in his person and in all his works. Hmm. So I mentioned earlier that worship is responding to God. The worship, really, it's a response. And D.A. Carson says that in this book. Mm-hmm. Worship is a response of all sentient beings hmm. uh, proclaiming God's goodness because God is good. Hmm. And built into all that, and I think this is probably the thing you're driving at, is you can't do any of that without knowing God. Mm. 
Right. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah. I think that is that right. You're, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. My no, no, no you're good. No, you were, no, that, you were explaining it details, without. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that is, and that's the reason we have the Bible, right? Yeah. Right. Like we have no other means to know God except by the way which he reveals himself. Yeah. And yeah. he reveals himself clearly in terms of knowledge for salvation through scripture and reveals yeah. himself obviously through creation, through uh, you know, general revelation, and, and but specifically yeah. in the Bible is is how we know who God is. Yeah. yeah, it's a response to Him, as you said, created in His image. Therefore, the only way to to worship is to know Him. Yeah. You, you have to get to know Him to reflect that image, and then that generates worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, because anytime we're knowing more about God, um, it should make us all in wonder at the. Um, the depth of our sin and yeah. then the great sacrifice um, that he has done, which should lead to praise. So mm-hmm. like the greater that that depth of that knowledge is, the greater the height is as well. So you're like saying the, both. the more we realize how bad we are, the more we worship. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of in a sense, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> the more we see how good God is, the more we see how bad yeah. we are. The more we and, know that mirror is like destroyed and yeah. the more we see him putting it together, the more... Yes, right. I mean, that generates that. And worship. really the fact that we're responding to God gives us something to ground our hope in. Because you mm-hmm. look, you think about, okay, well, what do you do if, like, man, what do you do if your life sucks? Right. Like, and it's going to be, there's going to be It's going to suck. It's not going <laughs> to say that life, life does sucks. generally, but it, yeah. it is, there are going to be times of that for sure. But when we look to Job, what do we see? We yeah. see Job's children taken away, mm-hmm. his wealth taken away, his health taken away. And what does he do? He tears his clothes, throws dust on himself, and says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. And he worships. He falls on his yeah. face and he worships because it is not grounded, his worship is not grounded in anything except right. who God is right. and what he has done. Right. I mean, also like in um, Acts 8 where Philip goes um, to the eunuch mm-hmm. um, and is explaining the scripture to him or right theology, mm. that leaves the eunuch to go and respond and praise and rejoicing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what it causes us to do. When, yeah. we, um, when God enlightens our heart and our eyes to know scripture and his word and about him and what he says, mm-hmm. it causes our hearts to respond in a way that rejoices and praises him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the, the two sides of the coin. Um, or even in the epistles where like a lot of them are going through very deep theological stuff. And then a lot of times it takes a turn where it's like, and then they just outflow of doxology yeah. Yeah. because of all these deep truths yeah. that they've mm-hmm. talked about. It's like, that's the outflow from all of that um, deep theological truth of what God has done. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the response. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's awesome to see that in scripture because you can read some of the, like, especially Paul, you know, you, you read, especially Romans eight, you know, the great yeah. eight and you, you're reading just like, of course you've had seven chapters and then eight chapters of just great theological understanding. And then Paul just like bursts out and like, you know, what can separate us from the, you know, he just goes yeah. on and on and yeah. on. It's just like, that is, you know, that realization of what God has done to this broken mirror and it does it just it, it burst out and um i, I want to kind of separate doxology in the biblical perspective because we're mm-hmm. all coming at this from a christian biblical perspective into two categories still a broad and a specific and we've kind of i think been flirting with the specific 
but I'd like to get into the broad a little bit yeah. before we get there. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, people tend to think specifically a time when we're going to sing some songs as worship. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's where we're going with the really specific part. But um, I want us to talk a little bit about how our lives in general worship God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have a specific question on that, but just so let's let's just let that drop right there. Go with it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, how how is the way we how is the way we live our lives? I don't know if that was the right verb is or are, but yeah. How is that um, <laughs> worship? Yeah, because the yeah. subject is worship, so it would be is. There you go. I, man, I did not do well in English. <laughs> so, um, yeah, how do we live our lives? I think one thing that we have to really do is, man, chew on what we believe. Like, we have to actually think through. Mm. And in the South, that's hard, right? Because, I mean, how many in this room grew up in church? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, and that's the story. Yeah, how many? Okay, the All lamppost right. over there. I see that hand. Yeah. I see that hand. All right, I see your hand. And so, you know, we subjects. really, we, we grew up in church. A lot of the southeastern United States did. That's why it's called yeah. the Bible Belt. And so, you know, a lot of them just take the gospel for granted. Really, once we understand the problem is when we start to understand why the gospel literally translated good news is actually good news on our behalf. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, once we start there, then, man, whatever you do, whether you eat, whether you drink, do it all for the glory of God, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to do everything with this somber seriousness. Man, play with your kids for the glory of God. You know, take your wife on a date or your husband on a date for Mm -hmm. the glory of God. Uh, Man, whatever you do, like do your taxes (laughs) to the glory of God. And it's not always going to feel like worship. To me, doxology or how we worship in our lives is because our last podcast, we talked about why does theology matters? And this is a great to me. It's a great example of why it matters, because God created Adam and Eve and Mm -hmm. gave them two positive commands. Yeah. Be fruitful and multiply Mm -hmm. and and subdue the earth. Yeah. And if Adam or Eve had said, which they did fall, but if in that they had said, Oh no, God, that's not worthy. Like, let me mm-hmm. do something greater for you. Yeah. Then there really were, would be disobedient and not be worshiping God in the way that He had created them. Mm-hmm. And so, I think we overcomplicate it. And maybe it's just been Western Christianity, or I, I don't know exactly the cause. I'm not going to try to find it, but we uh, we overcomplicate it in a way, um, and not just realize that by doing what God has created me to do by faith in Christ. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's the, mm-hmm. the commonality is I am trusting Christ for, for everything. Yeah. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or be merry, do it all to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I think I combined two verses there, but anyway. That's okay, man. <laughs> it's like theodox, but yeah. with verses. Yeah. Yeah. We just do that. <laughs> we just put them together how we want to. Um, no, that's a, but, that's a but JK. It, it was, it, I think it's just real helpful and given meaning to everyday ordinary life. Yeah. When we start to realize, as you said, you play with your kids, you do whatever job it is you do, <laughs> um, you know. You make a podcast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like. Yeah, I don't know. You, you you probably had something else you were going to add to that. So yeah, I no, I mean, li- life can be boring, you yeah. know? So, like, finding meaning and um, how we worship in the mundane, how we worship mm-hmm. in the boring. Um, because, like y'all are saying, a lot of times we think, you know, worship is, oh, I go to church on Sundays, I sing these songs, mm-hmm. and I leave 
whoopity do, you know? Yeah. Great. Um, but worship is so much more than that because yeah. it is throughout the week. It's not just Sundays. It's not just Wednesdays. It's all and. Um, and so we need to start to have that mindset of looking at our lives um, mm. in a way that is worshiping God through everything, mm-hmm. um, making our decisions in a way that glorify God. Um, yeah. And just and being able to enjoy the things that God right. has given us is mm-hmm. worship. Like yeah. I have taste buds. That's great. I yeah. love God tasting good food. With taste buds. God created me with taste buds. It's a like certain things. Yes. <laughs> and I like a like lot of things. things. So yeah. <laughs> it's like a good funions. gift. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, I, don't like <laughs> you don't I was like, like well, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, not. <laughs> no, it was freeing to me. Um, and I think there's a tendency, even within Christianity, two things. And I try to not to take up too much time, but. Um, one, I think there's a tendency to think I have to be doing something specifically God focused in order to be glorifying God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that's, oh, I can sit at work and as long as I'm playing some, playing some praise music, you know, I'm glorifying God. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, I mean, I'm just doing what he has called me to do, like whatever minuscule thing that is as apart from sin it is going like I don't have to add anything to it. Yeah. And that yeah. is just Lord's mind-blowingly free to me. And the second thing is I know, I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago, I read a few books. Um, one of them, and I think they were well-meaning and probably very necessary for certain things, but books like Radical, mm-hmm. um, you know, that just made me really question, oh my gosh, am I doing enough? Am yeah. I really even saved? And, and I think there are you know, just like scripture hits us at different points, whether we're being lazy, whether we're uh, flirting with sin, maybe it's a warning, maybe it's something telling us we're securing our salvation. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of hits those. And I think there's a great place for, for even that book. But um, at the same time, I think there are plenty of, and this is just reality for us, you know, moms that are staying at home with three or four little kids and yep. they're going like, now this pastor's telling me I got to go add this to my life in order to be a true Christian, mm-hmm. or I got to add this other stressor. And I think it's just really freeing to know that God has called me and in that situation. God has called me right now to disciple my kids and I'm glorifying God by, yeah. by wiping rear ends today. Yeah. And Michael Horton addresses that in yeah. his book, Ordinary. Where, yeah. Dude, I love that. Have you read that? Oh yeah. Dude, it's so good. It is. Like this Very idea good. that we have this burnout because everybody thinks that they should go out and change the world. Hmm. Yeah. But they think that they should go out and change the world by doing these extraordinary things. Now, let me be clear. God works in the extraordinary. Right. There are some people who have massive ministries that God blesses and he uses to grow the kingdom of God. But there's also a lot of mundane I mean, and what ordinariness do we see in of life. Scripture, like he uses a lot of ordinary people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with mundane time. lives. Like his <laughs> disciples. Work, work with your hands. Yeah, be peaceable. You know. Exactly. Like, and, and so, from my own life, um, you know, Sunday morning is the most visible part of my job, leading worship. But there's a lot that goes on throughout the week where I'm right. getting ready for the service. Now, as the Holy Spirit still using that time in the same way that he does those 30, 40 minutes that I'm singing songs on Sunday morning? Yeah, he Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Because he is present in the visible, in the invisible, in the extraordinary, in the mundane. Yeah. You know, and and so I think we just have to be mindful of that, that, you know, God uses all things for Mm -hmm. his glory because they're all his. Right. And so, 
Uh, yeah, this idea that, you know, it has to feel a certain way or it has to have some special spiritual significance. Man, you just have to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. And do everything in response to Him creating you and saving you. Yeah, there are ditches on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And don't want to ignore that. I, I, his ordinary, Michael Horton's book, Ordinary, was the book that really kind of set me off on it's this. It's wonderful. And that was probably, I don't know, six or eight years ago. Yeah. But um, there's also the ditch of just being lazy. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's, you know, where <clears throat> Platt and Radical, you know, that, that's what he's addressing. Yeah. And so there again, it's not just to say everybody go out and be lazy. Yeah. It, it's to say we need to truly recognize what God has called us to do and not um, put unnecessary, I would say, unbiblical expectations on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I would just throw this out there. I'm sorry, I'm take, probably taking up your time. but Yeah, way too much. Um, <laughs> there's a tendency even within churches to do this, and I don't mean to, but I guess I'll go ahead and say it now that I'm here. Go for it. Um, like, for example, I'm all for missions, yeah. and I'm glad that we, people are called to that. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that God has called me to foreign missions, mm-hmm. but sometimes I get the feeling in, in certain church situations that we are we are glorifying those people in such a way that it makes everyone else feel like they're not living lives that really matter to God. Yeah. And so I think sometimes there needs to be a good balance of helping everyone see that, man, you are living your life in your world. I mean, Martin Luther talks about mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the theology of vocation mm-hmm. and how, we are like the greatest commandment we talked about in other podcasts mm-hmm. of loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbors ourselves. And our vocation is a way, mm-hmm. is, is probably one of the biggest ways that we serve others. Yeah. And uh, that's been a big help for me. I mean, I work in the service industry. I go in people's houses and for me to think like I'm actually... Yes, it's a means of making money, mm-hmm. but... You do electrical work. Let's clarify. Well, I wasn't making a plug. <laughs> I know who I'm calling yeah. from now on. But, I mean, this is me serving my neighbor. Yeah, and absolutely. And, like, that's like an aha moment of, man, I'm glorifying God by mm-hmm. crawling under a house. Yeah. You know, and that's that's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can say about, you know, the, the broad... Um, doxology. So, I mean, maybe we should get into some of these specific as well um, to kind of pinpoint some of those things. So I know we've talked about um, Sunday morning specifically. What is kind of, what does that preparation look like for? Yeah. um, So, uh, you mean just the preparation for the service and yeah, I okay. mean as far as it's a lot less glamorous. Than well, than yeah, I mean I guess just for us to know like some of that behind the yeah. scenes and knowing um, that a lot more goes into it than just hey I've got to learn these words I've got to yeah. learn these chords. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so man, ninety percent of my job is probably unseen, uh, and not that I'm complaining about that. That's, that's just part of it, you know. I you know once a month I'll go in, and I will. Uh, schedule all my volunteers, you know, all the volunteers that we have, the instrumentalists and the vocalists in our church, I'll schedule them to play on specific weeks. I'll pick songs based on where I think that we're going to go along with a, uh, you know, kind of a liturgical framework of glorification, confession, um, 
redemption and anticipation of future hope. And so, uh, you know, I'm thinking through that. I'm trying to communicate with the other pastors. Hey, you know, what's going to be your focus for the sermon this week? And and talking with them about that. Um, I'm also like reading and trying to find resources on, man, are there some written prayers that might be good? Is there, uh, you know, a spoken word that might really fit with the theme of the morning or different things like that? So um, you, you mentioned something I think it'd be good to kind of get more specific on it. Yeah. Um, so you talked about um, arranging, and I'm assuming you're talking about your song set. Yeah. Um, with a certain structure that you talked about glorification. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I uh, so I think what you're saying is you arrange songs um, with more of a, a full gospel-centered orientation as yeah. far as moving through the different phases of yep. meta narrative of Scripture. I think it's helpful, number one, with not knowing the exact passage I'm going to be in. That gives me some flexibility because, hey, man, those are you know going to be bangers. Like, no matter what, that... that thematic movement through the meta-narrative, like you said. Yeah. Uh, some people call it the grand narrative, and it's just the idea that God created the world, the world was broken, God sent Jesus to redeem it, and we have this hope of a future uh, with him, and so yeah. uh, the restoration of all things. And so, but I also think, uh, I, I like to do it, uh, you know, for a second reason, I think it helps our people to get more of a feeling for that thematic flow. Yeah. Now, nobody in our church, Gracie, did you know that that's how I organize the songs? I had no idea. No. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and, and that, that, you know, that's not going to be something right. that people can articulate, nor is it my goal that they should be able to, right. but to get them in the, the practice of thinking through those things thematically, I think, is helpful, whether they realize it's happening or not. Sure. Right. Um, I mean, it sounds like... Theology influences a lot of the song choices, um, which, um, I mean, as we talked about previously, like theology is the basis for our doxology. So that's a huge deal. Um, But what, I guess, are some of the problems with singing songs that aren't theologically accurate? Yeah, well... We gather together. And name five of them. Yep. Name no, five I'm, of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But if you want to. <laughs> well, I, you know, <laughs> gosh, man. Yeah, that's a hot-button issue, isn't it? Um, so let's do r- this. Remind let, me of the question let, again. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but okay, so let's, let's think this way. And yeah. Maybe this makes it less personal. But, okay, so let's think common American church. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you would answer her question thinking, hey, if I had something to say to the, the, the broad American okay. church yeah. on this, what would it be? So what's the question again? I don't remember. I see. Yeah. So you were talking about what are, what is the problems of singing maybe theologically, theologically weak songs or, or theologically or incorrect, incorrect songs. Yes. Um, yeah. The truth is when we gather for worship, uh, we gather for two purposes. Number one, the glorification of God. That is very clearly what we were created to do, and when we gather, we are commanded to do that. But we're also there for the edification of the believer. Mm-hmm. We're right. there to uh, listen actively to the sermon. We're also there to sing so that the person sitting next to us is reminded of the spiritual truth. So when you're singing, you're singing to God, yes, but you're also singing mm-hmm. to the person sitting to your left and to your right. Yeah. right. And that's one of the reasons why I love uh, sanctuaries or worship centers that are almost circular because you're you're able to look across the congregation and you may see someone you know just lost their job 
and they're singing mm. great is thy faithfulness wow. right yeah you're you're sitting across uh you know i'm on stage and i look out and i see someone who has just had a miscarriage mm. and they're singing "Ooh, you know yeah. god he's always been faithful mm-hmm. you know or any other different songs that that we might sing like it is well and, and just to see that but also to see man someone who's Man, maybe they just got a promotion, or maybe life is really going good, or or maybe you know they've just had a really fruitful season, and they're singing, you know, this is amazing, and like mm-hmm. they're celebrating. And man, we celebrate that. Yeah. And so, I think it's important to sing theologically rich songs because what we're doing is so much more than just singing songs. We're singing theological truths, right. reminding. Proclaiming number one, who God is and what He's done, but also reminding each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah of who God is and what he's done. It's like we're, we're walking along a battlefield and people are stumbling and, and tripping and we're like, hey, listen, get up. Or, you know, or we're the one who's stumbling and tripping and somebody who's like ahead of us comes back for us and says, right. hey, let's keep going. Right. I know for me, I grew up in a non-denominational, mm-hmm. very Pentecostal charismatic church where I would look back now and say a lot of the songs we sang were... Um, theologically starving mm-hmm. and um what what the long story short is i for me in that environment i kind of had this feeling that the applying the mind was something that was not necessary mm-hmm. that you were to be led by the spirit and that the more you involved your mind the more you would hinder the spirit mm-hmm. now yeah. nobody was ever specifically saying that sure but the way things were talked about and all, that's what was, that's what I was hearing mm-hmm. and feeling. And um, it was refreshing to me to read uh, John Piper's book, Think, yeah. um, to realize that doxology and theology are so intertwined that my theology and pursuit of theology is actually a form of doxology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, by me using the mind that he's given me to learn about him, I am expressing love to him. Like that learning is a very mundane and ordinary thing yeah. because we all do it. But and, yeah, you're exactly right. And so I I am I am pretty hardline now when it comes to um I guess the songs we sing because it's so important like mm-hmm. if we would not tolerate heresy being preached to us mm-hmm. or taught to us or wouldn't tolerate it reading it from a book, then why would we tolerate it singing it? Yeah. It's still wrong mm-hmm. theology and so it, it's a it's a tough place when we're talking about that idea of singing theologically rich songs really i think what's most important is not any other um characteristic except does this yeah. match is it congruent with right. what i read in scripture yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah because if it's if it's not a lot of times it will be grounded in feeling and emotion yeah. mm-hmm. um so then i'll be driven by that yeah. rather than truth you mm-hmm. know i'll be oh well i'm i'm doing good this week so i'll sing this song or um and feeling good about it and yeah. it's all based on feeling or emotion and doesn't have a backbone or yeah. tr- of truth so it's it's meaningless mm-hmm. um i mean like in matthew 15 where it says they honor me with their lips um, but their hearts are far from me um yeah. i mean like doxology without theology in in knowledge and mm-hmm. of ourselves or in the words that we're singing or the preaching that we're hearing um it's so important to make sure that it lines up with scripture because yeah. otherwise 
it's pointless. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just go home, pack it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to bed. <laughs> no, I, absolutely. I like to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pointless. I mean, like my yeah. buddy John Piper says, um, <laughs> I know, I I know John Piper. (laughs) Just kidding. I wish. Um, He says doxology without theology is like a bubble. They're pretty, they're colorful, but it has no substance to back it up. Mm -hmm. So it'll just pop. Yeah. Well, your wise man, uh, Shailen, says. (laughs) Love some Shailen. Theology without doxology is cold, dead orthodoxy. Mm. (laughs) And doxology without theology is really just idolatry. And really, that, uh, unfortunately, that's the case where we really find ourselves in today's culture in the southeastern United States and really across the world, but specifically um, in the parts of the world that deal with celebrity Christianity is that uh, we've almost created uh, a doxology that says, okay, we need to have a real fast song up front. Then yeah. we have a slower song. Then we have a r- slower song, and then afterwards we have like a super, like it's really a manipulative thing. It, yeah, it yeah. Can, and man, I'm thinking through that, right? Because you know, I'm thinking, okay, well, like we do want to have songs that are energetic because they're mm-hmm. celebration, but at the same time, that's not that can't be the driving force, yes. right? Um, you know, like I mean, I said, how do we guard not, against it being emotionally driven? Yeah, and, and so, but. So much of wor- the worship industry, for lack of better word, has um, influenced American culture to think that uh, worship is primarily music, and it's primarily music that deals with my experience. Hmm. Right. Now, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, man, my experience is important because, like, I serve and worship a personal God. Right. Mm. He saved mm-hmm. me. Right, right. But at the same time, you know, it's not only bound up. It's not dependent mm-hmm. on me. It is dependent on God. God, it's grounded in his word. I think very similarly you see this just in the way that uh, evangelism has been taught and perpetuated, which a lot of times comes out as tell people what Jesus has done for you. Mm-hmm. And in essence, the gospel becomes what Jesus has done for me. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the gospel message is about what Jesus has done. Yeah. Like, it's the story of God redeeming mankind, and it's the, it's the message of what Jesus has done, period. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't specifically, like, it's not a story about me. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, I don't know if that's what you were meaning, that that's kind of what I heard when you were saying that about the music being a lot of times specific to me in a way where maybe it's overly influenced with the human um, aspect. Yeah, it, it it can be so me-centered, and some of that goes back to church history where we, you know, find Charles Finney talking about, you know, coming up with the altar call and, you know, the very personal, real experience and placing our, you know, flag on that moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to be clear, like, we ha- we cannot fall into either side of the ditch. Right, right. We have to hold mm-hmm. on to what God has done for us. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because that's part of it's how a, we yeah. respond. But it's, you know, this idea of music without a theological depth. And, and that's what we were, you know, originally talking about before I started rambling. Yeah. <laughs> but music without a theological depth, it's just, uh, there, there's nothing there's nothing to it. Yeah. yeah. 
It's pointless, it, it, meaningless. It is. And so, but like I said, you know, it's not, you know, a lot of worship practices just primarily gear around like, you know, the type of music or different things like that. And really like the authenticity of the worshiper, the authentic, mm-hmm. authenticity that you have when you're singing because you're reflecting and chewing on it, growing in your faith through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but we've, we've gotten really lax with mm-hmm. theology, especially in the worship world. Um, and it's, you know, even within some of the seminaries, like they've been slow to catch up because they're still thinking primarily, okay, how do we train people musically? And it's more music director. And really like, man, mm-hmm. no, let's think about, you know, theology behind what mm-hmm. we do. And so guys like Matt Boswell at Southern are thinking through that. And it's just, it's, it, it, there's a lot of guys who are really starting to talk about that. And it's very, very exciting. I think one of the practices that you mentioned is helpful in avoiding the ditches, which, which is um, singing songs with the different movements mm-hmm. of that grand narrative, because um, just like preaching through the Bible gives a, a well-rounded view of theology, well, you're basically doing that with the meta-narrative of Scripture with mm-hmm. song. So it if you're singing a song of adoration, that's adoration to God. Yeah. Like you're specifically choosing a song that's saying, we're going to sing this specifically about God, mm-hmm. how awesome you are, how, how amazing you are. There doesn't have to be a glimmer of anything in it about humanity. Yeah. And then when you're singing songs about, you know, redemption, it's going to include the fall of humanity mm-hmm. and it's going to, and again, include the work of Christ and what he's done. And, yeah. You know, so without having that framework, uh, you're, you're, or anybody, I guess, would be more susceptible to like just choosing three or four songs that all deal with glorification. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, everything's just amazing. And, well, and that, that centers a lot on yeah. the futuristic view of humanity without really just pointing to God. And really any given Sunday morning, there's going to be people in the congregation who are celebrating, who yeah. are suffering, mm-hmm. who are, in limbo and you know in ordering the worship service something that's always in the back of my head is am i giving somebody no matter what part of the human experience they are in right now am i providing them with an opportunity to worship god in that yeah i feel like the the biggest question of the podcast so far you know like it all kind of hinges on this mm-hmm. why are you laughing because i don't serious. think it's gonna be serious <laughs> dang it is it okay to have drums? Oh, man. So I am actually a electric drummer guitar. first. It okay it's okay to have acoustic drums. It's not okay to have electronic drums. Uh, so, see, that makes more sense. Where, yeah, that's where people <laughs> kind of go off the rails. They just don't understand. Yeah, I think uh, to kind of wrap this up, do you have any, um, I guess, just insight, less... Um, yeah. Any any recommendation or thoughts? Just kind of wrap up the relationship between theology and doxology, whether it's broad or narrow. Yeah, I, I think um, read as much as you can on the subject. Uh, some great books: "Worship by the Book" by D. A. Carson, "Worship Matters" by Bob Coughlin, um, "Corporate Worship" by uh, Matt Merkel. Uh, I think is his name. Um, gosh, read books by guys that you wouldn't agree with necessarily like you know read books if you're baptist read a book by an anglican um because here here's here's the deal we're all 
figuring this out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. None of us has a key to the mint, so to speak, yeah. or like a corner on the market where we have it all together. Um, we're all in the process of becoming. We all have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us. Now, let's use the wisdom that God, the brand that God has given us to look at what his word says. But, hmm. man, let's have grace and peace towards each other right. and understand that, man, if we're seeking to glorify God, the God that is revealed through Scripture, the man, we're in this together. Like the yeah. ground is level at the foot of the cross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so all of us, man, none of our worship is acceptable to God. Right. There's no church that does everything perfectly. There right. just is not. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Why? Because of the grace of Christ. Right? Yeah. And I would say if you find yourself cold mm -hmm. in specific worship mm -hmm. time, like emotionless, yeah. like this matters not at all to me. Um, like you're saying, do those things. Dive deeper into the mm -hmm. Word to know further the truth of God, to, to be able to have that um, knowledge come to your mind of what you read when you see these words on the screen to be able to sing along. Yeah. Um, ask questions. Mm -hmm. Like, um, go to your leaders, go to your elders. Like, tell somebody, hey, I'm feeling cold in my worship. Like, yeah. I want a deeper worship. I want to... Um, I see other people worshiping and it's great and I want to be able to worship like them. Um, I, I talk to your elders, talk mm -hmm. to your leaders, tell somebody that you're feeling that way um, and dive into scripture. And I, I would just encourage um, to listen to the songs you're singing. Mm -hmm. um, think through the words. I remember after leaving the, the Pentecostal Charismatic Church, we went to a Southern Baptist church and I'm not raising a flag for any denomination here necessarily, mm -hmm. but uh, one of our first Sundays there, we're singing a song and the worship leader, he just stops and he goes like, I want us to think through line two on this. And he yeah. reads it and explains and it would just added so much depth and my wife and I just looked at each other and thought, wow. Yeah. I mean, how much greater how did that enrich our our understanding and our expression just to go like, I'm going to pause and think about this. And, um, I, th I think to really in the ditch also, and I, and I think it's good to hit on is that we have to differentiate between our stylistic preferences mm -hmm. and yeah. theologically accurate songs. And so we could be somewhere like, like you were talking about, whether it's Anglican liturgical, organized or whatever. I mean, whether it's a full on rock band, which John MacArthur would just say a sinful, but, um, <laughs> but no, it's realistically, I mean, like just to go, okay, look, is this just a stylistic issue I'm having yeah. here? Do I, do I need to wrestle with that? Mm -hmm. Um, or is this like really something else? And I, I think on, on your point, um, as far as feeling cold, I, I think that was, but is, um, one thing I'm just always reminded of is that I, I can't do it. Um, so prayer is always mm -hmm. like the go-to. I mean, the only one who can change our heart, create those taste buds or create that affection is God. Yeah. And so, um, any of those feelings of lack there, I would, yes, all these other things and, and pray, ask, mm -hmm. ask God for, mm -hmm. to give you that, um, that desire. But, um, well, great. Uh, thank you for joining us, um, on our discussion of doxology. And, uh, we look forward to discussing how, multiple topics deal with what we believe and how we understand things and how that affects our heart and leads our lives.
So uh, if you have any questions or you'd like to throw out a topic you want us to, to discuss, you can email us at theodoxpodcast at gmail.com. Take care.